We can say that Kanye's tripping. We can say that Kanye's removed from his community, but we cannot defend his statements. There's no way we can try to use arithmetic and algebra. Stay fly, stay fly, stay fly. You're listening to the Fly Guy Show. They do everything on the fly and in such a fly manner. Stay fly, stay fly, stay fly. All right, yo, we got the three, the two, and the one. It's your man, DJ Seiko Varner, back with the Fly Guy Podcast. Got my cousin Sam on the line. Got my brethren from another mother and father, Dan Trez Omi on the line. What's good, fellas? It's good. Can't complain. All right. I'm here, I'm here on time. I'm here on time. <laughs> <laughs> yo, so a second ago, just before we started, we said we're not going to talk about Kanye West. We're going to talk about Bill Cosby. And then you bring up mental health. <laughs> So, all right, so what's your take with Kanye and mental health? And then Danny said, I got the biggest... Go ahead, go ahead. What were you saying, man? No, no, no Danny was about ready to start. I just made a statement about mental health in our community. A lot of times I feel in our, our communities, we don't sometimes... Well, in our community, we don't deal with mental health. Or we'll be like, we can just pray it away. We don't sometimes face these issues and we know what happens when issue, we don't face issues they faster they come out in different ways so that's kind of what I was thinking about especially like with Kanye and all the stuff that he's been saying is like is a prime example of when you don't have community and you don't have I feel coping mechanisms to deal with tragedy because not everyone deals with everything the same way so I feel like whatever has happened to him in his personal life has affected his mental state and he's, you know, it is what it is. But Dan was about to go, so I know Dan needs at least a good 12 minutes. All right, Dan. I'm going to say three things. Yeah, I'm going to say three things. Um, I think I think we should have this podcast, you should have like a couple of segments on mental health. I sincerely believe that. Um, that's the first thing I'm going to say. Number two, um, I think we should be careful on blaming the things that he said on mental health. Right, and I'm not saying I'm not saying he doesn't suffer mental health issues. It's clearly it's clear that the brother, um, you know, he does need support uh, from somebody, um, and I think that um, that's something that we should discuss, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't think because a lot of people are blaming it on his mental health, but a lot of stuff that he says, there are a lot of people that agree with him on that, and a lot of people that kind of said the same thing. Um, and then you know, if we're gonna go there. If we're going to, you know, because if we're going to say he's having mental health issues when it comes to the stuff with Trump, then we got to say the same thing about Jim Brown. We got to say the same thing about Steve Harvey. Um, these are all um, notable blacks, you know, black African-Americans who've come out in support of Trump. So um, we can go there. Right. You know, Sheriff Stephen Clark, we go on and on. But the last thing I wanted to say was I was listening to the Fan Bros show and they had Daniel Jose Older on there. He's a he's a he's a author, great writer. He's a right. great um, and um, he said something that was really that really made me think about Kanye. He said that we have a, a white supremacist view of success, right? Whereas we become successful and we want to move out of our community and and move away from the people that kind of like really brought us to where we at success, right? Because we're not we're not islands, right? There are people that around us that made us successful, no matter where we came at on this planet. Um, but and, and he says that's probably what. He alluded that's probably he didn't say that, but he alluded that's what's what a lot of celebrities suffer from. And a lot of people that make a lot of money, they move away from their community, their support system, 
Um, they, they, they divorced themselves from the people that made them family, friends, college, um, buddies, um, et cetera, you know, mentors, et cetera, et cetera, that was in that community that kept them grounded. And because they're away from that, they start to be around people that really don't have their best interests at heart at all. Absolutely. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that creating silos will have that impact. Now, one thing I think is interesting is, did you hear the song that T.I. and Kanye dropped where they actually were having a conversation about his statements? I know I know. I read somewhere about, I didn't hear a song, but I read how T.I. was saying, um, you know, was telling, was asking him, like, yo, these are some damaging things. And I think Kanye had, he said that um, about the, the, the travel ban. Remember the travel ban that he was trying to do towards Muslims? And he brought that up to Kanye, and Kanye was like, I didn't know about that. You know, I did see that, that statement, but I didn't hear the song, you know. All right, yeah. There's a song, I heard it in the mix. DJB was playing it. Salute DJB, 757, stand up, two up, two down. And it was kind of interesting because it was like a dialogue. You know how a Tribe Called Quest and the old school hip hoppers, you know, pre-80s used to do routines. Oh, I said pre-80s, I didn't mean pre-80s. Pre-90s used to do routines where they went back and forth. Well, in this song, Kanye and T.I. go back and forth where T.I. is saying, dude, you're messing up. You're explaining your, uh, your your messaging is incorrect. You're not seeing the whole picture. And Kanye's trying to describe why he made those statements in support of Trump. And it's a real, I actually thought it was kind of interesting. Um, it, it, it's definitely a lyrical record. And T.I. went in and Kanye said some interesting things as well. Uh, but when I deal with Kanye and his message on Trump, mm-hmm. I understand what Kanye was trying to say. I understand what he didn't say well. And I think, like you just said, Danny, since he's removed himself from his consumer base, you know, the people, his consumer base used to be his people. Those are the people he hung around with, you know, when he was coming up making tracks performing. Those people he hung around with were his consumer base. Now he's totally removed from his consumer base and the values that he's started to express are more like the Trumps, the Kardashians, um, those who are removed, they may interact with their consumer base, but they're really, in terms of values, removed. Now the fact that he's wearing the MAGA hat, you know, Make America Great Again, when first time I heard Trump say that, I looked at it two ways. All right, so I remember when Ronald Reagan said it, and he said, make America great. So when I heard Trump say, make America great again, my first thought was, he's trying to do a Ronald Reagan. He's trying to make America great, and he's going to try it again. The other way that most of us see it is, make America great again, as if America had a great history and has moved away from that great history. And I think we all agree that the great things that some people might see in America's history did not include us. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So I think that Kanye is looking at the make America great part and he's focusing on that. And I think he's ignoring the again because it doesn't help him move forward. And I don't think he did a good job of explaining that. And I may not either. So yeah, I, I'm gonna say you did not. I, I don't think. I don't think. We can, I don't think. We, you know, like we can say. We can say that Kanye's tripping. We can say that Kanye's removed from his community, but we cannot defend his statements. There's no way we can try to 
use arithmetic and algebra to, you know, you see what I'm saying? And, 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 and we got, again, we got to be real careful. I get it. When he first came out, I remember most deaf. I remember most deaf saying specifically, Yasin Bey saying specifically, he's going to save hip hop. I remember that. I, re- I remember that. I remember he did that song and then Tyler Quilly was like, yeah, let's bring Lauren back. Like, I remember all these people, these, you know, these legends who were like, Kanye's, the, you know, the next best thing, right? Right. And right. we want, you know, so we want to say, we want to say, maybe we should try to figure out what he was trying to say, but he's not trying to be, you know, deep. He's not trying to do none of that. You know what I'm saying? He's trying to act like he's deep, calling himself a free thinker, but he's not. And I don't think, I don't think nobody should defend what he got to say. Um, quite honestly, you know, um, he's always done stuff like this, these kind of stunts, and that's what you expect from Kanye. So I don't know why everybody's tripping. Um, and it, I, agree I, with think, I think I think a lot of it is just that we remember this old, old Kanye. What we sh- should be saying is make Kanye great again. That's what we need to be saying, right? And oh. instead of so, and somebody and somebody had a, somebody had a shirt like that that said make Kanye great again. I think it was Macy Gray, you know. It was Macy Gray that had that hat. And I think, yeah, like, that's what we're looking for. Um, and, and, you know, we need to stop trying to defend them. We need to try to stop saying, we need to just say, we need to, you know, like people say during the racial draft, we need to go ahead and trade them off, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Draft. So, uh, Kanye, you just lost your card, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but but we should talk about mental health. I think that's a discussion that we should have. Like I think actually what I think you should do is I think we should sit down, you know, maybe email each other and discuss like a different topic, make it part of a segment and we discuss it. If we have to bring somebody else in, I really think that it, it's need to be needs to be done. It, it, it's, it's too important in our, our communities, you know. We just talk, keep on keeping on. We just talk, keep moving forward, keep moving forward, keep moving forward. And we do that. And I think part of that has made us Black people strong in the essence of no matter what's thrown at us, we keep moving forward. But you got to take a moment at some point and deal with things as they occur. And I think that we have to talk about this. And as far as Kanye, I think another problem is, especially with I do believe that Kanye does have some form of mental illness. But what I also feel is that a lot of times when black people get money and get white famous or whatever, like we said, you're disconnected from everything that made you you. You're right. now something else. Now you have access to shit you ain't had before. You've had more money now than you've ever had. You taking care of everybody. You're doing all this stuff. And for a lot of us, I think that once you separate yourself from the foundation and base of who you are, you become something else. And I think a lot of black celebrities who are famous and who are wealthy have a lot of money. I'm not going to say all, but I think some see themselves as white people. Mm. 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 Uh, Then what's your definition of white people then? I would say my definition of white people is as far as when they see themselves in society, they have privilege to a certain degree. Do can they get you know experience racism and prejudice? They black absolutely, but the amount of privilege that they have compared to the rest of us, it's not the same. You're right. Yep. You're right. You're right. <clears throat> yeah. 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 He's right. Yeah. All right. So you're pretty much saying their wealth buys them a privilege that the African, uh, the the normal African, just doesn't get. Exactly. Yep. 
the more I mean the thing is now like Dave Chappelle I didn't watch his comedy special I was meaning to but he made a point he's like Trump isn't for he Trump is for us rich people <laughs> I saw that it was and I'm like you know you're right because at the end of the day rich people want to deal with other rich people they looking I got money you got money let's make more money you're going to be treated differently when you have a certain status, especially in this country and others as well. The more money you have, the more you're able to do, the more you have access to stuff, and the more people treat you differently. I mean, and you like, see that as being white? I don't know if I, you could say maybe not being white, but I'll say this, it gives you a certain level of privilege. You're not treated like the average black dude. You're not. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I agree with you on that. Although I haven't had the experience of having millions and having that privilege. Right. Um, well, I mean, I think at a time that education would provide me with a level of privilege that would overcome some of the stereotypes. And I had my inward wake up call. <laughs> you went back, went back up with Paul Mooney, huh? <laughs> Paul Mooney, that was a stand-up. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, and, and it's interesting when you see people get their inward wake-up call. Like there was an NFL player who recently got jumped on by the five-zero. Did you see that in the parking lot? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I remember when Oprah got her wake-up call when she went shopping. Yeah, <laughs> and like get out of here. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I agree. Let, let's find a way to include mental health in what we're doing here with the Fly Guy Podcast because, you know, we have an opportunity to make sure that more and more of us feel comfortable with mm-hmm. seeking assistance. When I was going through something, I sought assistance. You know, if if my leg breaks, I'm going to find somebody to assist me. Right. You know, because it's not operating at its full capacity. So when you're not operating at your full mental capacity, it should not be a problem for you to find somebody to assist you. But it is. It is. Because oftentimes seeking psychiatric help is seen as like sometimes I can. Well, you know, we have the thing, you know, you don't bring outside people into your affairs, you know. You just keep it in house. You don't talk about it, and that's kind of one of the problems I think that you know when it comes to mental health. Another thing too is that sometimes there's like a stigma behind it. Like if you go talk to someone about the problems you're going through, then people look at you like, "What's wrong with you?" Yeah, yeah. Not looking yeah. at oh, you're you notice that you've identified that you need help with something on a mental and emotional issue, and you're seeking help. People look at you like, well, why are you going to go teach somebody? What's wrong with you? Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, we got to sometimes, we have to push past those stigmas. You know, I mean, it's one of those things that regardless of our race, we're all still people. And everyone processes trauma. You know what? Um, in the mental health field, particularly in education, uh, there's this buzz phrase called trauma-informed. So now we have schools that are developing trauma-informed curriculum, 
We have counselors who are going through trauma-informed counseling practices. We have teachers who are supposed to start learning trauma-informed teaching, which simply means that we recognize that a person who's going through trauma is going to respond in a couple of different ways, many of which are going to be averse to the type of environment or the type of behaviors that we want to happen. Like, so if somebody's in trauma, something's either going to get exacerbated or it's going to get extremely minimalized. All right. Uh, I think we just lost Sam, but he'll come back. Okay. Um, when somebody's under trauma, they're going to have a hard time paying attention. When somebody's uh, experiencing trauma, they're going to have a hard time focusing and processing. So their processing speed actually goes down. So now when we look at a student who's not doing well in school, if they're experiencing some level of trauma, then one of the problems is they're not going to capture the information just because the teacher is presenting it. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, wow, we do have an opportunity and possibly even a duty to be part of that vanguard and making sure that people realize it's okay to get mental health support. And um, you know what? You just you just told me right now. Um, you know, with, with the, you know, with that kind of information you just gave me, that I want to do research on and that I want to implement into my curriculum, and I think um, that's the kind of information we need to put out. Like that's stuff that we need to discuss. Um, and I think because a lot of times we get into the we need mental health, we need mental health, but we need to put out the tools that people need, access, you know, information, you know, doctors, uh, um, counselors that they can talk to. Um, and, and give them that, that information and really, you know, not only have that discussion going, because I'm pretty sure that somebody who's, who's listening to us who's going through that trauma that you're talking about, but they don't know who to go to. All right. Well, and we don't got to do that. We don't got to do that today. I'm just saying we need to have that discussion offline and then start start talking about that and maybe maybe, maybe make it a segment on the Fly Guys podcast, you know. Yeah, I, I, I think I agree with you. Uh, we had talked about kicking around the idea about discussing Bill Cosby. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things that I've learned years ago, and you know, it's an easy statement that hurt people hurt people. All right. So yeah. when we look at a Cosby situation, are we looking at a situation of a hurt person continuing to share hurt in a maladaptive way when we look at R. Kelly's situation are we looking at the same thing Uh, it's incredible to me that in some ways oh man I I guess I'm having a hard time with the whole situation so let's go back you said let let me say this let me say this about Bill Cosby and I'm going to tell you and I could be dead wrong about this I could be dead wrong about this okay it seems like it seems like Bill Cosby had a fetish for drug to have a fetish for having sex with unconscious women. And what happened is he was somebody that was in a position, a powerful position to take advantage of women and drug them while having sex with them. And that that's a problem. That's a problem. And that's what I believe. I don't think he was. I don't think he was. He went through any sort of trauma that caused him to do that. I sincerely believe he had a fetish for it, right? And he just used his power and his influence to take advantage of these women and cover it up. That's what I sincerely believe. Okay, and I would say, and I'm not psychoanalyzing Dr. Cosby at all, um, I would say that somebody who goes through trauma 
the response to trauma can be addiction. The response to trauma can be um, having a psychiatric breakdown, but it also can be when somebody starts developing a tick. That person can start developing, uh, you know, what, what's something when you uh, 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 you use the term fetish as a as a as a result of a trauma, somebody can develop a fetish or um, a person that has that behavior. And I can't think right now. They have that behavior where they do things repeatedly over and over and over. Um, help me out with the term there. Uh, Insanity. <laughs> right. Uh, OCD. They become obsessed. Okay, OCD. Okay. Yeah. Okay. OCD can be obsessive uh, compulsive disorder. Okay. A compulsive disorder. I, what I'm saying is, as a result of trauma, somebody can develop a disorder, and there are multiple disorders they can develop. A fetish is similar to OCD, where you can't get it out your mind. You're just compelled to do it, and I'm not putting up for them. I'm simply saying that I wonder. When we, when we look at the phrase, hurt people, hurt people. Mm-hmm. If we're seeing his expression, his behavior was him hurting and I'm not, I'm not taking up for it. You know, um, you know, if he drugged those ladies and, uh, you know, well, right now he's been convicted of it. So, you know, he drugged those ladies um, based on the um, conviction and had sex with them based on the conviction, you know, and he needs to pay based on the laws. Um, but the other thing is, I look at other people who develop OCDs and destructive tendencies, and I just wonder how much of that could have been avoided if we could have gotten them the help early on. So you saying? And, and you know what? I want to. And this goes kind of back to what I was saying about Kanye. Like, I, what bothers me the most is that, and I'm not saying you're doing the sequel. What bothers me the most is when somebody does something heinous. Particularly with white folks, particularly white. When they do something heinous, they want to say it's a mental health issue, right? And and I think we got to be careful because what ends up happening is when we do that, it paints all people with mental health issues as being potential, you know, having the potential to commit these heinous crimes when we know that they're not, right? I, I know plenty of people who have mental health issues who are going. Through therapy, who take medication, who you know, or are not taking medication, are not going through therapy, and they they've been diagnosed with these mental health issues, and they don't have these problems. They don't. They're not committing crimes. These heinous crimes. They're not. They're not abusing other people. Um, so I think you got to be real careful. And I'm not saying that you're. I'm not saying that you're doing it. But I'm just. It's real easy to to to, to do that. And then now we're looking at. That's, this is why we look at people who I'm going through therapy. We look at them funny because we have these notions that. These people are out here doing all this crazy stuff. I hate to use the word crazy. They're doing all these heinous crimes, and we assume that there's something wrong. We try to explain it away. When, again, right. with, yeah, I'm going I'm to stick to my guns on this. Bill Cosby just had this fetish, just like just like I like thick women, right? He had this fetish where he liked, drug, he liked having sex with unconscious people, and he just had the power, the money, and the influence to drug to, to to drug people and do away with how we want to do with them, and he had the power to cover it up and pay people off. All right, and that's 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 how we're gonna explain. It. And I know I know it's tough for a lot of us because a lot of us grew up on you know Fat Albert, a lot of us grew up on I Spy, a lot of us grew up on the Cosby Show, a different world, 
and Cosby Show, top five sitcoms ever, ever in the history of sitcoms, black or white. I'm not even going to front. I know people that went to college, the HBCUs, because of a different world. Right. I know people that went to HBCUs because of Hillman College. I know right. people who pledged frat and sorrow because of a, a Cosby Show in a different world. I know people that, that got that was in the hood that was like, you know what? I want to marry somebody who's a doctor or a lawyer, and I want to become a doctor or lawyer because of the I'm not even going to front, right? But he did it. He's Bill Cosby. He did it. We got to get over it. Yeah. You gotta admit and get over it and move on. He is Pill Cosby. My point though is when somebody faces trauma, it doesn't mean they're gonna become a criminal or they're gonna do heinous acts. I'm simply saying trauma often leads to disorders. And those disorders sometimes can lead to heinous acts. Hey, okay. Up twice. Uh so I just think that it's kinda it's it's important, like we're saying now, that we really need to deal with mental health issues because yeah. we might prevent somebody from having a disorder that turns into a heinous act. The uh, other thing I want to say about Pill Cosby uh, mm. is that I think he started off doing what his contemporaries were doing. When you look at Huey Hefner and some of those other guys, and now it's coming out with the Weinstein guy. This is what Hollywood and Holly Weird and very influential if, influential uh, Rich, white. This is what rich white folks been doing for years, and with Cosby, mm-hmm. that same behavior turned into a fetish, using dance terms, and then turned into something where, in um, you know Hugh Hefner's situation, it may have been totally consensual the whole time. These chicks knew they were taking the drugs; they knew what he was going to do when they—that's what they came for. Um, but Hugh Hefner, Hugh Hefner's also been accused of rape too. Yeah. There's a lot of, Over the years There's been allegations There's been allegations That you have to Being accused of rape Being accused of Drugging women Being accused of, of You know Of taking advantage Of women There's Thousands You know All kinds of people That's come out Lawsuits and stuff like that He You're just got the money point. To cover that up You're yeah. making my point He did exactly What his contemporaries were doing as heinous as as what as it was, okay. he did exactly what his contemporaries. But then he went off the hill with it. You know what I'm saying? I think he went yeah. off the. He, he started doing nah. it. He was strange. You, you nah. don't think so? No, I don't think so. Not not at all. I think a lot of times, like I, I'm gonna tell you this, money gives you the ability to do things you never thought possible. A lot of times when we think about money, we think about, oh, I can buy this big house, I can buy this big car, I can you know, buy this jewelry, I can you know, bling out, whatever, whatever. Money gives you the ability to do a whole bunch of shit you ain't never thought about fucking doing. <laughs> and fetishes are part of it too. I mean, with as far as Bill Cosby, I, I, I believe it. It saddens me, but... The fucked up thing is, it's the world we live in. And I'm going to tell you this, a lot of times, unfortunately, you know, in this society, women are seen as less than. And as a commodity, something to have. And and I know some of them may have known that he had that fetish. A lot of times, you know, having a fetish and having mental illness are two different things. We still don't understand why certain things turn us on. That, that do nothing for somebody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think as far as Bill, I think with Bill Cosby and Hugh Hefner and all of them, 
dudes had some serious money. And at the end of the day, you can be the ugliest, funniest looking motherfucker there is. But if you got money, it opens a lot of doors for you. And it opens a lot. It helps you get a lot of ass. And on a sexual note, I think a lot of times people are more freakier than they're willing to admit. And they don't share everything that they like. People like a lot of shit out here that you would be absolutely surprised. Yeah, I've seen some crazy stuff. And I do think that the access to that crazy stuff, which may come with money, in addition to somebody going through trauma, when you just mix all of those things together, you got a horrible, heinous, dis- you know, despicable situation such as Pill Cosby. And I hate to say that about my frat brother, but um, yeah, I mean, it did hurt me. That's right, he is your frat. Oh, yeah, yeah. he is your frat brother. As, as a matter of fact, he, with you know my mentorship program. By the way, we have seven minutes left. Uh, with my mentorship program, this man, this went quick. Um, with my mentorship, yeah, it did. Bill Cosby was one of our icons. And about five years ago, we had to take him down because, you know, uh, we just got the word, hey, with all this stuff that's happening, we need Mm. to move Brother Cosby from it so people don't think that we're endorsing whatever may happen later on. Um, You got to. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. But I do yeah. remember. I do remember you had y'all had y'all had like his his um his silhouette on one of y'all stuff. I do remember that. Yeah. I do remember yeah. that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It, it ain't there anymore. <laughs> and, and, look, and look, like I said in my podcast, I, his book on fatherhood. I had I own a copy, and I and I swore by it. You know, I swore by it. Like you know, I swore by that book. So I, I understand. I understand why people go out and defend them. I understand. I get it. I get it. You know, I mean, the thing is, what we got to understand is that we as human beings are multifaceted, and so. Oh, did you say faucet? Yeah, or I don't know. Fuck it, you're not gonna say it. Fucking. He got off. He got off the air and went and got some to drink. Right? Yeah, well, he is my, my fucking internet connection, but. <laughs> hey, hey, you know I slur all the time, so I'm the wrong but, person to joke on that. But no, we're okay. Multifaceted. You know what I'm trying to say, damn it. You know what I'm trying to say. We are so they cool. That was tripping. I was gonna keep going. We are so <laughs> we are so complex. And the thing is, when people experience us, they experience us in different levels and in different ways. And so the way one person experienced Bill Cosby is not another person's experience or another person's experience. And so you can read his book. It can help you as a parent. But if you were one of the women who dealt with him on that level, your experience with him is going to be completely different. Yeah, yeah. Now, I do want to salute Dan Trez for... uh, highlighting the well, you know, there used to be this talk about the reason that these things were happening to Bill Cosby dealt with um, his his attempts to take over NBC. And I I, want to say in your podcast, you did an excellent job um, sharing the information on that. Now, I don't necessarily think that uh, he he didn't face consequences for publicly saying that he was going after NBC. 
Uh, I think actually that's why his son was killed personally. Um, but you gave some really great information, so I want to salute you on that, bro. Oh, um, thank you, man. Did that? Yeah, you did. You did. So uh, I guess we're gonna have to uh, we're gonna have to make the hashtag make Kanye great again. <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, we got five minutes left. What do you think about the mute R. Kelly deal? All for it. Uh, also, real quick, um, this weekend for Mother's Day, um, the hashtag Free Black Mamas. Um, please support that hashtag. Please hashtag out um, the end bailout and uh, Black Lives Matter. They do this campaign. Um, this is the second time they're doing it for Mother's Day, where they're raising money to free um, um, mothers that are in jail and they can't afford bail to come out so they can spend time with their kids. So. Wow. Um, yeah, free black mom, and yes, and and they do it for Father's Day too. So, um, but free black mamas hashtag, and um, yeah, mute R Kelly hashtag all the way. Um, and yes, it is started by black women because um, your boy Tariq <laughs> Nasir that it was started by black women, and on the board of directors are three black men. So just just to put that out there. So yep, yeah, I'm all for. Yeah, that now that one is hurting me because I was DJing the other day and I was like, okay, step in the name of love. I'm about to, man, should I play that? And I had to sit there for my, I almost let the record run out. Well, I was sitting there, I was debating with myself, well, it's just a song. Nah, that's going to support, and man, so uh, I, I really had, I, at the end of the day, I didn't play the song. It didn't change the party. You know, the party was still turned. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I guess I support it as well. As much as I love his music, man. As much as I love his music. And it's sad that a lot of our geniuses do some really screwed up stuff, man. Yeah, I mean, well, creativity and madness, they kind of all the same. And add money into that? Yeah, it's just... And you know, Malcolm Gladwell on, on Deezus and Merle's show, shout out to Deezus and Merle, he talked about that. He said he didn't want none of his kids to be geniuses. He said, um, um, because what ends up happening is they focus on that one aspect of what they're doing and they neglect everything else. Yeah. You know, so, and I was just like, wow, that's a good point, you know. Huh. That's interesting. Well, salute Malcolm Gladwell. He's always dropping some good stuff, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so it's uh, Newt R. Kelly. It's... Uh, what is it? F. Pill Cosby? I can't remember what the hashtag is. <laughs> well, free black mamas. Hashtag free black mamas. Okay, yeah, we'll keep it positive. Hashtag free black mamas. Um, hey, everybody give your mom's hug oh. Mother's Day. True indeed, and Wakanda forever, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yo, we got uh, two minutes left, man. Why don't we give everybody a, a deeper chance to get to know each one of you? So, um, you know, you know me, conscious, conservative, Christian-based. Uh, I'm a mess. <laughs> That's my positioning. Conscious, Christian, conservative, Christian-based. Conscious, conservative, Christian-based. That's my. That's my. Yeah, that's my stuff. What are you, Sam? Me? I am your neighborhood kind of well-balanced, sarcastic funny but fun loving person so you're going to get some wisdom you're going to get something funny and you're going to get a whole lot of sarcasm gotcha gotcha alright and Mr. Progressive <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to take I'm going to take it from Jesus and Merle 
um, Dan Trezomi, a.k.a. Pretty Flaco, a.k.a. Que Lo Que, a.k.a. Trez Khalifa. That's what you're going to get from me. So Trez me out on Twitter at Dan Trezomi. Yep. All right. All right. Uh, on your on your Twitters, you say, uh, what is it talking about? Afro, Afro-futurist? Futurist? Uh, Afro-Latino B-boy. Actually, it's an underwear model, too. I'm trying to get a, I'm trying to get a Calvin Klein deal to be an underwear model, man. So I'm trying to get that on. So Okay. So it says underwear <laughs> model, Afro-Latino B-boy. Um, feminist um, and writer and podcaster. Yeah. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. And what's the name of your podcast? Where my killer tape at? Got you. Got you. And Sam, where can they catch you online? Uh, I'm on Instagram, Sam's Corner 2018. The same for um, Twitter. That's what's up. Your man DJ Seiko Varner. Hashtag DJ Seiko Varner. Grandpa Crunk. I'll tell that story a little later. Hey, hey fellas, was, this was a great one. I enjoyed this one. So, uh, hashtag free black mamas. All right? And everybody, kiss and hug your mama. All right? Stay all fly. Right. Award-winning producer Raheem Shabazz continues the elementary genocide documentary series with the School to Prison Pipeline. That film exposes the social engineering done to African-American children in the school system. And his other film, Elementary Genocide 2, The Board of Education versus the Board of Incarceration, takes an even deeper look at the history of the American school system and how it was made to justify subjugating black Americans. These films are on track to be the most discussed films in black America. These films feature people like Dr. Boyce Watkins, Dr. Francis Kretz Welsing, and many, many more. The documentary is available right now at elementarygenocide.com. That's elementarygenocide.com. Stay fly, 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 stay fly.